Hello, hello, beautiful people. I'm Haley Helveston. Welcome back to the podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Kenya Stevens here. She is the CEO of Progressive Love Academy, a love coach for polyamorous couples. Welcome. Thank you. I love being here with you, Haley. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. It's just so exciting to see another woman doing this work. Absolutely. And the work is what? Freedom for women, women's sexual empowerment, and of course, relationships, right? Yes, definitely. And just more. I've had women tell me that they just dread sex and it's another chore and all that and just more fun around sex. Right. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. And so tell everybody more about what you're doing. Well, what I do is I support women in becoming sexually free. I have courses that are similar to what you do to help women with their sexual freedom, but we actually step into it with the polyamory piece and, you know, learning how to communicate your needs, wants, desires, and also um, dating multiple men and marrying multiple men if you want. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so go into that. So all of a sudden the woman is what? She's maybe in an unhappy monogamous relationship and then that segues into what you're doing or what? Yes, I have women who are in marriages. Well, you know that 40% of Western marriages are completely sexless. Sexless means sex less than four times per year. So that's half of American marriages are currently sexless. So it's not because... Sometimes, yes, the woman can't have orgasm, but most often it's because we regret to understand that relationships progress and passion wanes, and then we are stuck in our law of monogamy, and we can't really get out of that law without getting a divorce. So I support monogamous couples moving to polyamory. So what are they, wow, okay, so I knew the statistic was high, but I didn't know it was that high, whoa. Yep. yep. And then I also yep. want to say, so what do they do? They stay married and then they just, they open it? Is that? They stay married. Well, what I do with my couples is I really shore up the relationship. So the primary relationship has to heal from the traumas of being married for 10, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> there are traumas that come with that, you know? Um, and then, so once we do that, then we can move the couple into making freer decisions. So they can have both commitment and freedom if they so choose. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I had a man reach out to me the other day and he said opening his relationship saved it. Sure, absolutely. That happens quite often. However, I don't, I'm not a proponent of opening to save the relationship. I say we save the relationship first and then see how this new freedom fits into that juiciness. You know? mm. Mm. I love how you talk about it though. Yeah, because I think sometimes it's, I was actually a part of an open relationship. I was one of the secondaries a few years ago. And it was a very don't ask, don't tell situation. It wasn't healthy. Okay. And so now I look back and I think like what you're doing where it's a healthier view of, hey, you're not happy currently. Let's, add, let's heal this. Then if you want to add another people, sure. But let's make it everybody knows everybody and it's safe. Yes. Open, safe, responsible, and adult relationships. No sneaking, hiding, lying. Doesn't make sense. Yes. Yeah. Why do people do that? Is it the what? That's the American way. That, that cheating comes with monogamy. I mean, humans are not a monogamous species. So, of course, if we're going to be put into these boxes of monogamy, then we're going to try to break out because that's just not a human 
uh, a mode of relating. <laughs> we like variety. We like lots of attention. We like lots of interactions. That's something I didn't know about how you said cheating comes with monogamy. And I've had, you know what's so fascinating? I've had several man, men reach out to me. They want to work with me. They want to save their marriage. They've been sexless forever. But the women don't want to work on it. Have you found that? Absolutely. Well, the women know, see, the women are the choosers. So when we are choosing, you have to realize our cycles run with the moon. Mm -hmm. But when we're choosing men, we're choosing a variety of different types of men based on what phase of our menses we are in. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always our husbands that we're choosing. We don't choose the same person over a course of 10 or 20 years. We're choosing back and forth. And when we can choose who we want, then we're more inclined to have sex with who we are related with, our husband. But we don't always want to have sex with him. So we shut it down completely. If we can't choose and use our natural, your womb is choosing. Your body is choosing. Your mm. chakras are choosing. So when we're not allowed to use that, we'll just shut it down. That's it. I've been married 24 years. I know about it. I didn't always, I don't always have the same level of attraction for my husband, period. I want okay, so, something else. <laughs> so go into that though. Is it a control thing where these women are like, fine, I'm married and I don't want to choose. I'm not, uh, I'm not into you anymore. So we're just not going to have sex. Bye. Yes. It's not control. They're not doing it on purpose. It's subconscious. Your body has to shut down if you're not going to use it. Oh. So if they're not allowed to use the natural feminine instinctive choice to who we want to make love with, that's natural, then we have to shut it down or we'll go crazy and have hysteria, you know, like they did in the 1800s mm -hmm. and early 1900s, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we're not allowed to be our natural selves as women. And that's a reason why 83% of women don't have orgasm. Mm. We're never allowed to be the chooser. We're told that boys choose you. Just sit back and look pretty. That's not true. Look at peacocks. The male peacocks are trying to get chosen by the female. The male birds are trying to get chosen. The male animals, all, you know, most species, the male, the masculine is trying to get chosen by the female. But in the humans, they, they changed that around. They made it unnatural. And so women are shut off and shut away from that. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that we were talking about this though, because especially because so many people that I've looked to with the whole feminine and masculine thing, they say, oh no, you know, the guy, you know, being your feminine so you can, the, oh my gosh, I agree with you. And I've always felt like I'm too much and I'm too, but yeah, that's BS because you want, like, I feel like the most sexually amazing experiences that I've had, I've picked the guy. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. The only way to have an amazing sexual experience is if your body chooses that sexual partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Okay. So for the woman there listening and they're just like, what? Um, what would you say about this? Well, I would just say that we live in a patriarchal culture, which is no shame, no blame on anyone. Mm -hmm. um, but it do, it's not allowing us to live in our natural state as women. Not only do we have we given over the right and power to choose, which is a feminine right and power, but we have fallen prey to the concept of slut or whore. If you do this, you're bad. You're not a good girl. You're not marriage material. And I just, I think that we've given over mentally, 
you know, and physically our hearts and our bodies and our yonis over to the patriarchy. Mm, yeah, because I, and you brought up that good point too about hysteria. I thought that was me for the longest time. And then now obviously I realize it was, <laughs> but I got an antidepressant because of that. Oh, yes. So do you definitely. think is that why so many women are on antidepressants is because of this? Yes. yes. Antidepressants yes. numb the sex drive such that you're not pining and desiring like you naturally would. So you feel better <laughs> because pining and desiring is terrible if you can never play it out. Mm. It's very depressing, you know. Or if you... Yeah, you don't feel safe to express that desire, right? Like exactly. I'm from the South, grew yep. up in a religious family. Yep. Don't want to be too sexual. Right. So you got to shut it off. And that's what the Xanax does and the antidepressants. But it's hard to turn it back on. <laughs> that's what we deal with. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then that's when the women go to the alcohol and all this other stuff. Okay. Okay. This makes sense. Mm -hmm. So for women that are stuck, what were you going to say? I was going to say, notice that the woman who deal with alcohol as a way to deal with this problem of patriarchy, they open up with the alcohol. Mm -hmm. The alcohol allows them to express themselves sexually, but the only issue is alcohol numbs you. So you can't even feel the sexual experience as you wish to have. You know, you just did the alcohol, you got loose, <laughs> but then, you know, you're shut off away from it either way. So you've got to come to it through a natural way, which is embracing your sexuality. Mm. I so agree with you on that because I went through a period where all I did was have sex drunk or high. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then now I look back and I'm like, oh, it wasn't that great. I barely remember it. Right. And I was there, you know. Right. And then moving to the thought of what is the purpose of sex. So here at the Academy, we teach that sex is, has two purposes, healing and manifestation. Mm. So if I'm ever having sex, I'm manifesting something. I'm mm. moving energy. I am the creatrix. I am the goddess, you know? So I, I can't do that if I am inebriated. Yes, I so agree with you on that. Okay, oh, man, this is such a fun conversation. Okay, so... If women want to manifest with their sexual energy, I know that that's a huge thing that people keep talking about now in this um, industry is everybody's saying, oh, I want to manifest through orgasmic energy. Talk about that. Well, if you want to do that, if you want to take that journey, you would just have to understand that it's mental, spiritual, and physical. It's not just intellectual. Reading a book will not support you. Really, it will be about going back to the traumas that caused this. So I go back and I look at my first sexual experience. I take women through this whole thing that I call a lacing ceremony to redo their sexual experiences, to um, wash away what their parents told them about their sexuality. They have to literally do that kind of psychological work, not just reading about it or knowing about it, really doing something about it. They have to cry those tears that were not cried. They have to experience those emotions that were not experienced, that were stuffed away. And that's, it's on the other side of that. So it's work. <laughs> you know, I wish it was like, oh, well, just come on into this Tantra class. That's only like one fourth of it, the technique. But the real concern is in your subconscious where you have set up those blockades and removing those blockades. I do that with my clients through ceremony. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love that you talk about that though, because I did an interview with someone 
And we did. It is actually like mind control. And you do have to reprogram your mind. Yes. Yeah. Because either or not, you're going to be having sex thinking about what your priest said when you were 12. Right. Or what your, um, a lot of girls tell me that the STD scares and the pregnancy scares is really what has them blocked in. Um, it could be a lot of different things. For myself, I, I realized that I was not having squirting ejaculations. Like I'm super orgasmic. Mm -hmm. I've been having sex. Like I've felt like a sexual being since I was six or seven years old. And so I've been able to have orgasm since then because I dance, you know, I move mm, in African-American yeah. culture, we move. So it's like, we're moving that energy all the time. We don't care what people are saying, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's just innate. But um, I realized that I was not having squirting ejaculations or deep spot orgasms. So I started to open up those inner layers. And I found that, ooh, in high school, I didn't want to be called a freak. So I had to clear that, you know, and really go back and cry those tears of being called a freak. And, you know, I just had to do a lot of work to open up each of the levels of orgasm for myself. Mm, good for you. I love what you're doing. Because one thing that I've noticed, and I wonder if women have told you this, for me, it was feeling safe to express my sexuality. Sure. Absolutely. You know? And absolutely. not being like, oh, well, we live in a so-called rape culture. So I don't want to be too out there in my sexuality and get. No, I have a daughter who's 19 and um, I have raised her to be very sexually free. And the way that we deal with the topic of rape is not like, Ooh, stay away from that. It's be owning your sexual power. You have to know your authentic. Yes in order to know your authentic no. If we teach girls just no, 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 no. Then they don't know their authentic yes. That's mm. how they get, you know, there's, you can get caught up in that kind of thing. That's how I experienced quote unquote rape as a teen is just through not knowing what my authentic yes was, not knowing how far I actually wanted to go, not having a sense of where my pleasure began and ended. So we can't keep girls away from pleasure and think they're not going to end up in those types of scenarios. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that though, because I think that that, hello, we're programmed it's from a very young age. Right. You know, right. like I didn't have my first orgasm until I was 20. Wow. Yeah. And so it makes sense why I still have friends that struggle with their orgasms. And because of the work that I'm doing, everybody's open and they tell me, you know. Sure, of course. But I think that, yeah, you're right. If you're constantly hurt, say no, say no, it's not safe. Right. When you have a sexual experience, you're not going to know whether you like it or not. Right. You won't know whether to say no or yes. Sometimes girls just lie there and let something happen because they don't know where, what, 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 what they're even feeling or sensing. Mm. So I got my daughter a vibrator for sure. I supported her in touching herself. I told her you should touch yourself, lay in the bed, touch your body, see what you like, see what you don't like, take a bath with yourself, you know, all of mm -hmm. that. Okay. Keep going. Tell, tell women, like, what do they need to hear in terms of this? Cause so many women are shut off from their sexuality. Well, one huge thing is that, and this leads us sort of to a topic that we're going to talk about today is that one thing is that one you, once you get past those rough teen years where you are suppressed and repressed and you're confused and you don't know, then you get married. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Woo! Like, okay, what to do now? Now I can have sex. Like one of the sole reasons for me getting married is so I can have sex without thinking of it as 
uh, a negative thing because I had sex with a lot of boys and mm -hmm. that was seen as negative, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if I felt like if I got married and just had sex with one person, I'd be great. Like this would be great. But it didn't work like that. One thing that I found is that the men, once you marry, they don't want you to be emotional. You're crazy if you're emotional, if you're crying, if you're angry, if you're this, if you're that. So if they start to suppress your emotion, even in a conventional marriage where you feel like it's all good, then they're also suppressing your sexuality. Those two things are connected. Mm. If there's no safe space for you to flow your emotions into the relationship, there's no safe space for you to flow your orgasm in. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. So that is so interesting that you said that. So why do they do that? Is it because our emotions are not like, is it, what is it? It, it just looks weird because men are so disconnected from their emotions. Yes. It's just back to the patriarchy where the real ideal human is an alpha human who is emotionless, who, you know, who can, is tough, you know, a fighter, a person who's intellectually acute, you know, that's how we visualize the perfect human, successful, powerful, non-emotive. And that's just not true. Basically All a robot. <laughs> yeah, basically an android. <laughs> But yeah. if you if you want an Android as a wife or even an Android as a husband, don't expect sex and orgasm. Mm. Because androids don't need that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, you're bringing up some great points. Yeah, because I think that there's no pleasure and juiciness in that if you can't feel. Right. Okay. Right. So if you shut down your feelings, you're shutting down your orgasm. So that's, you know, that's one of the key reasons why I wrote my latest book about communication, because I found that when I work with a couple's communication skills and allow the emotions to come out in a safe space, then they have more energy and um, they remove some of the guarding around sex. Mm, wow. Okay. So I'm just like, what are all you thinking things? about Haley? You're going, you have a million things going on. I know I have a million things. I'm like, man, where do I go? This is all so exciting. You know, this is my favorite topic. Yeah. Um, and I love, love, love what you're doing. It is so needed in the world. Um, because I think that some of the men too, that have reached out to, you know, they said, okay, they want to work together. The woman doesn't. Then you told us why the woman doesn't. But then they go and then they, nothing changes. I had a guy reach back to a few months ago and it's still sexless. I'm like, dude, you've been like jacking out to porn for years. It's not that great. <laughs> I mean, right, right. What do you do with a person like that? I mean, how do you support them? I know because he told me, he's like, you know, I grew up religious, so he doesn't want to get divorced. And there's all that shame over that. Right, right. But how do you get the woman to open up? If he is in that scenario, there has to be a way. You're right. I agree with you about that. Yeah. It's like, if she's completely turned off, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I have many, many ways. I get the woman to open up. And just as I'm sharing, it begins one of the entrance ways, because there are many entrance ways. One entrance way is through their communication and allowing for the animal because the animal is what's having sex. So I have this whole theory that humans have these three parts, ego, animal, and higher self. So, you know, we always want people typically want you to come from your higher self and I'm okay. And it's all good and nothing's wrong and you've done nothing wrong and I've done nothing wrong. Fine. You know, that's, that's not going to work. If you want a sexual interaction, you have to allow the animal and the ego to be present in the relationship 
and have safe space. So that is what the communication system is about that I've created for my couples. Mm. Okay. I love that, that, how you refer it to the ego, the M on the higher self. Yeah. Cause I think that sometimes I'm sure you've noticed this. So many spiritual people are like light and love and they're so flowy and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, that's not sexual at all. <laughs> like no one, no one's turned on by that. No, it's great though. I mean that you have access to a higher self and you have an animal and you have an ego and they need to be integrated. So we talked that the animal side, what is dangerous, is not safe. What about that? Yes, we are taught that the animal is childish, immature, dangerous, scary, um, insidious, and it's just not true. The animal is what makes you have motion in the world. I mean, if you just had a higher self, you would be like a person who had a lobotomy. You would have no feelings, no opinions, no desires, no, you know, the animal is what brings all the fun in life. So why would a whole culture choose to sublimate the animal? I don't know. <laughs> but um, when we bring it back alive, when we bring it online, when we let it live and express itself, then now you're moving into a sexual realm with your partner. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I bet, I bet you see people that come to you and they're like, and then they're just so, do they open up and become totally different people? Because that Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. Well, I've been doing this for 15 years. So we were one of the first people to actually start this form of study online. And all of my clients, millions of people over the years have opened up. They start having sporting ejaculations. They have orgasms. The husbands have orgasms. Because a man can have both an orgasm or ejaculation, just mm -hmm. like a woman. I can ejaculate. I can orgasm. It's two different things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the men can do that. I mean, that's what we do. We bring large groups together. We do tantric events. We do all types of fun things that people once thought they couldn't do. Some women say, well, I just, I don't think I can, I can squirt. I'm like, are you a female? Do you have a vagina? Well, then you can squirt. You can mm -hmm. have orgasm and ejaculation. Yeah. Cause I, I have a friend. I'm always telling her this. I'm like, girlfriend, you can squirt. Why do we have so many beliefs about the fact that we can't? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> because we don't have adequate sexual training, sexual, um, as I said, we they disconnected the heart from the yoni and the heart's now more connected to the mind. And so what is right? What would my parents want me to do? What does society want me to do? It's just all jumbos. You know that, Haley. Mm, very true. You're right. You're right. God, I'm still working. I mean, even though I'm doing this work, I'm always still working on connecting the... Me too. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't even know I could squirt until 2018 when it happened the very first time. Wow. Good for you. Yes. Well, you were on that train of women that I've been training for 15 years because it's like a snowball effect. When women start to open, it's by osmosis that other women open. So that's just where we are now. Mm. Yeah, we started in 2005. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So because of the work that you're doing and I see more and more sex coaches pop up, like, yeah. is this, is, are we starting a movement? Is things getting better for women globally or is this still, we're still so far to go because so many women are just, you know, no, no, we have started the movement. Okay, good, I good. have watched it. I have watched it. Um, uh, we are, you know, the mother and father of that sort of movement in the African-American community specifically. But it was, you know, there were sparks of it in the 60s, sparks of it in the 70s. 
you understand, mm -hmm. but the internet has blown it up such that so many women now have been reached that it's critical mass. It's just going to spread from here. It's like downhill now. Mm, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, Once it was uphill because I've been called a slut, a hoe, a whore, blah, blah, online a million times, done 11 national television shows, 300 national radio shows. And people say, what? You know, they, they used to ridicule, but I noticed a critical mass in about 2013, 2014, where it was more downhill, where everybody was like, yes, let's do this. Yeah, because I noticed that it's, it's, we crave that. Yes. Yeah, it's our natural state. It's our natural state as humans. And uh, my brother once told me, well, Kenya, you shouldn't talk about polyamory because you would have more people following you and liking you and da, 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 and you would go faster. But I'm like, nope, that's a part of it. We cannot just say, oh, in this vacuum, let's have sexual freedom. No, let's have sexual freedom, LGBT, trans, whatever you want to be, asexual, however you are, whoever you are, let's embrace it. That's it. I so agree with you on that because I think that that's one thing that I've noticed is, is that when you don't, it turns into warped judgment over yes. here. Yes. You can't like one and not the other. Like everything and everyone. Even uh, like people say, when well, you like monogamous people, yes, I, I love it. If you love it, I love it. But now allow me to love what I love and let's see our commonalities because there's still commonalities. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's, I bet you've noticed this, there's judgment between the two, right? The poly people and then the monogamous people, they're like. <laughs> right. They're afraid, like monogamous people are afraid we're going to turn them poly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so funny. Poly people are afraid that monogamous people are going to suck us back to monogamy, which we don't want. I mean, that was, whew, that was a hard time. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so for people that are tiptoeing around this and they think, wow, this is so fascinating, but I don't, what would you say about that? Like, oh, wow, I'm really interested in what they're talking about. I would love to kind of play with that, but I don't know. Sure. It's, it's not really about, um, there's, there's this study called the, or test called the Kinsey scale. And that rates your sexuality from sort of vanilla to highly kinky. And, you know, you could start with something like that. That's a universally accepted study test. It's like the love languages test to see where you fall and what you really desire. Once you really focus on and contemplate what you really desire, you can just start studying about it. You don't have to do it. <laughs> Even a reading about it can quench your thirst and your appetite. But um, for myself personally, I just... I really believe in who I am and what I am as a woman. And I believe that my desires are important. And so I go with my desires. Yeah, and so for women, they're single, they're dating, they wanna manifest an amazing partner. Sure. Are you pro online dating? I am pro online dating. I, I am online dating. I mean, I love dating. I love attention, so I love mm -hmm. dating. I love people tell me I'm gorgeous and, oh, they want me. I love that whole energy. So I love meeting new people and I date on Tinder and other spaces like that. Plenty of fish, openminded.com, you know, any dating site is fun. I didn't even know openminded.com existed. That's a polyamorous dating site. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so what do you want to like take away from all this conversation? I know we discussed a lot. 
Well, the biggest thing for me is the communication piece. We didn't really get into that and allowing the animal and the eagle and the higher self to exist in a relationship. But to me, that's the best thing and the safest thing for a monogamous couple to work on in order to increase their sex life is their communication. So in my book, Up Level, my latest book, um, I think I have a copy of that right here. Do you have a copy of that? I'm going to send you one. No, I need to get one. Yeah, okay. Up Level Communication. It's um, about how to have those conversations allowing the animal in. So let's say, for instance, me and you are married. And I just have anger about something you did. Um, and I don't know how to express it because I'm not supposed to be crazy. You're the man. So you call me crazy every time I share, crazy every time I cry, mm -hmm. right? And so we're totally sexless because we're totally emotionless. I can't share with you my innermost feelings and thoughts. If I read up level and came to you, I would do it in a different way. I would know how to say, excuse me, Haley, honey, um, I have a vent that's on my mind. Is that something that you're open to hearing right now? Yes, I am open to that. Thank you. You've done nothing wrong. This is just my animal speaking. And I'm at about a level five. So that right there creates a container and safe space for you to hear what I'm about to say, whether it's crying and screaming or anything, because you know what level I am on a scale from one to 10. You know that you've done nothing wrong. And you know that my animal is speaking. So I teach my clients how to do that and they go ahead and let those vents out. And I also teach them how to get soothed. So let's say I vented to you. Haley, I'm tired of you. You walked in my garden. I'm tired of you stepped on my flowers and you don't care about my gardening and you never care about my hobbies. And I went off. <sighs> now whew, I got that out. And so I teach my clients how to receive that. And they say, oh, well, thank you for sharing. How can I support you? And then I can ask for one of five things that I want to support me down to a zero. Getting down from a 10 to a zero on the emotional scale is like an orgasm. So as my clients practice this more and more, letting their animal vent, then now they can have a richer, deeper sex life because they've created safe space for real communication. Sex is a form of communication. Mm. Well, I love everything you just said, though, because that is so key. Because if you don't know how to communicate. You can't. You're not sexual. So that is, that's, the, that's the building block that I use to support my clients. And it's really fun. There's a whole set of tricks and everything. It's all in the book. But it's really great. Up-level communication. Mm, yes. Okay, I'll post your book in the links below. What else, where can people find you if they want to learn more information about what you're doing? progressiveloveacademy.com on Instagram, progressiveloveacademy.com online. Um, that's where I have 5,000 classes that we've done over the past 15 years about sex, sexuality, communication, you know, manifestation, sex manifestation, sex magic, mm -hmm. squirting. I have a class of teaching women how to squirt, but I have, um, everything is there. Progressive Love Academy. Yes. I love that you have a class on how to squirt. That, I bet that class is fun. <laughs> Yeah. I demo, you know, I show my own demo and they just, I think women learn through visual, you know, explaining how to squirt rep versus showing someone what it looks like to let it go and be open. That's what I do. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Cause I think that don't, I hate how they say in our society, Oh, well, you know, men are more visual than women. 
BS. Mm. Women are just as visual. Right. It's none of that. Those things are, none of those are true. Men want more sex than women. No. Women actually that I've known have a high, way higher sex drive than their men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we <laughs> so they're talking about shut down women versus, you understand, free men. Juxtaposing those two, yes. But free women and free men are the same. Yes, yes. I love how you made that distinction. Okay, so everybody, be sure to follow Progressive Love Academy on Instagram. DM Kenya Stevens if you have any questions, or me if you have any questions from this conversation. Uh, Be sure to like, subscribe to the podcast. I really enjoyed having you on. Such an important conversation. Yes, I'm so happy you're doing the work that you're doing, Haley. Keep yes, it up. Yes, thank you. Keep you it up, goddess. <laughs> I know it is so so important, and I feel like, especially for my mental health, like I went through a period where I was so depressed and anxious, and if you don't let that side out, you know, forget it. I'm yeah. so happy you're healed mm-hmm. and healing others. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.